think I was saying Rasanam, especially Rasanam. You, you fell for that too. It's Rasanam, huh? Rasanam. Rasanam. Oh, right. Rasanam. <laughs> Boy, this thing's really teaching you to get over your habits and pronunciation. Okay, word meaning is tan. Tan. Yeah. Viksha. After seeing. Bata Rashanam. Naked. Chaturaha. Four. Kumaran. Boys. Vidhan. Aged. Dasha Ardha. Five years. Vayasaha. Appearing as of the age. Vidita. Had realized. Had realized. Atmatatvan. The truth of the self. Vetrena. With their staffs. Cha. Also. Askalayatam. Forbade. Atat Arhanan. Not deserving such from them. Not deserving such from them. Tau. Those two porters. Those two porters. Tejaha. Glories. Vihasya. Disregarding the etiquette. Disregarding the etiquette. Bhagavat Pratikula Shilao. Having a nature displeasing to the Lord. Having a nature displeasing to the Lord. Translation by Sandra Shri the four boy sages, who had nothing to cover their bodies but the atmosphere, looked only five years old, even though they were the oldest of all living creatures, and had realized the truth of the self. But when the porters, who happened to possess a disposition quite unpalatable to the Lord, saw the sages, they blocked their way with their staffs, despising their glories, although the sages did not deserve such treatment at their hands. Please repeat, the four boy sages, four boy sages who had nothing to cover their bodies, but the atmosphere, looked only five years old, even though they were the oldest of all living creatures, and had realized the truth of the self. But when the porters, who happened to possess a disposition, Quite unpalatable to the Lord. Saw the sages. They blocked their way with their staffs. Despising their glories. Although the sages did not deserve. Such treatment at their hands. Shita Prophet's purport. The four sages were the firstborn sons of Brahma. Therefore, all the other living entities, including Lord Shiva, are born later and are therefore younger than the four Kumaras. Although they looked like five-year-old boys and traveled naked, the Kumaras were older than all other living creatures and had realized the truth of the self. Such saints were not to be forbidden to enter the kingdom of Vaikuntha. But by chance, the doorman objected to their entrance. This was not fitting. The Lord is always anxious to serve sages like the Kumaras. 
But in spite of knowing this fact, the doorman astonishingly and outrageously prohibited them from entering. I was born in the darkness of ignorance. I was spiritual master Shiva Prabhupada Zakti Maharaj with the torch light of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. To all members of Sri Parampara. Translation again the four boy sages who had nothing to cover their bodies but the atmosphere looked only five years old, even though they were the oldest of all living creatures and had realized the truth of the self. But when the porters who happened to possess a disposition quite unpalatable to the palatable to the Lord saw the sages, they blocked their way with their staffs, despising their glories. All of the sages did not deserve such treatment at their hands. <clears throat> I was talking about the pictures last time. These little Kumaras in the pictures it looks like they portrayed as like one year old. Yeah. It just says they're five actually, which is like the age of Toshin. He's like a little little adult, you know, almost, but kind of surprised that Srila Prabhupada usually corrected everything that devotees would do as far as artists work. But anyway, the picture is really adorable, these little little boys, and it kind of maybe emphasizes the you know, the whole misunderstanding. That the gatekeepers had looking at them. You might expect little boys to, like that to be naked, one year old or six months old, but five years old, if Toshin was naked, he's a little older, he's not supposed to be naked. But. So the whole thing is really unusual. And that's the wonderful I mean, thing about this you know, Vedic literature and Srimad Bhagavatam, especially. So many unusual things are there for people to know if they a little bit would like to know. I was thinking how we, there was this devotee who came here and uh, what was his name? Something Krishna. He travels all around and he's a nice speaker. And he goes to Harinams in all these countries in Eastern Europe and England. And he did some programs at the university here and at Pima College. One time I went with him to Pima West, and we had a good-sized group of people, and one of the instructors was actually invited him. She was into yoga, and she somehow knew he was in town. What's his name? Krishna. The European? You know, he's American. He travels a lot in Europe. I was hiring on Ruchi. Oh, Father Krishna Kripa. Krishna Kripa. And he, one of the things he would do is he would have an email list and people would sign up. So we, every time we he would do a program, we'd get 30 emails and he had this huge thing. He left them with us and I was one of the people entrusted with all these huge numbers of emails. And please keep up with these people because they've come and they're interested and they've heard things. He gave some talks about the, the demigods and Lord Shiva and how, how they are, you know, placed in relation to us and Krishna at the top and he'd get the blackboard out and he'd draw these things and talk about all these far out things that the students, you know, so so new and they they're young and they liked it. So they would sign up and they would want to keep contact with us. And I was thinking, 
what are we going to do? What am I going to do? Having get in an e email thing with 150 or 200 people and try to get them keep their interest up. So we didn't really have a definite program for winning. Now we have Krishna Cove. This was quite a while back. Some way to have them come. Anyway, uh, back to the subject here. I was thinking uh, of doing a couple of things. One thing is to just had some more ideas about, you know, the importance of these sages and how they could be disrespected, you know, just to think about the whole thing. And then in this verse, it's kind of mentioned because it's talked about how they are not only, um, apparently qualified to come to the gates of Vaikuntha, but they're the oldest of living beings. So therefore they're, it's implied that there's some extra respect because of their age. So and it's also specifically mentioned the etiquette in the, in the word meanings, Bihashri, disregarding the etiquette. As we go along in Krishna consciousness in our practice, we start to see how important the little details are of Krishna consciousness and, and etiquette is said to be. Actually, it's said in, uh, where is that? It's etiquette is the ornament of the Vaishnava, something like that. There's a bunch of statements written if, if we have that manual from Chapati Temple. I don't know about etiquette. There's a whole bunch of statements in about how, how important it is. And it was explained to me that there's three considerations in considering who is senior, who is, who is not senior. Anybody remember those three? One is that I think, from what I remember, if a person is sannyas, that's the, that's the first consideration. We have a person who's taken sannyas. That's a very unusual um, commitment that somebody's made. Really unusual. Really strong. There's nothing they're going to do in their life but to preach Krishna consciousness. So they get the most amala. Um, His Holiness Mal Bhakta Maharaj talked to us about etiquette when he was here because I think he got the idea that we weren't really conscious out here in the desert too much. He gets a little more consciousness over there in the LA community because people are, there's more devotees, more older devotees, they understand things like that. But, you know, how to respect the sannyas. So he, he went over that pretty nicely. Now, there's two other considerations. One is who takes initiation first? And uh, I was thinking how there's some nice examples in our movement, how this is given respect by, especially by devotees who are really, you know, kind of elevated Krishna consciousness, such as Sri Prabhupada, of course. Also, there's a little story about, I think it's Jagataka Swami and um, um, Kamal Krishna Maharaj, maybe. Maybe they were taking sannyas together. But one of them got his, uh, uh, took his vows, you know, two minutes ahead of the other one. So therefore, uh, and uh, I think Tamal Krishna Maharaj was first, and Jagataka Swami, you know, doing the ceremony. Somebody's got to be first. But uh, always after that, Jagataka Swami considered Tamal Krishna Maharaj his senior because he took, uh, 
you know, that was the arrangement. That was Krishna's arrangement anyway. So, so that's kind of interesting. Um, what's the other one? Oh, there's this thing that I think it was on the memory state. Said that one day Srila Prabhupada was giving a lecture and he was looking at his students, and one one student was sitting in front of another student, and he pointed it out. Why are you sitting in front of him? He's senior to you. You know. So uh, that was kind of interesting. You didn't hear that too much. So thought of it. I thought I'd point out. Where's another thing? So there's when a person has taken initiation, whether they've taken second initiation, first initiation, that's part of the seniority thing. And the other thing is age. I mean, a really older person has to get, you know, respect for that, even if they, maybe you're a, like a young person who's taken second initiation and there's an older devotee who's been in the movement for 40 years, he hasn't taken second initiation, but still, you have to treat them as their you know, you're, you're senior. And of course, the devotee wants to treat everyone as a senior. That's really basically what the mentality that we're trying to get to is that we're servants of everyone. If we don't get into that, we're, my understanding is we're not going to really get into the spiritual world where people have that mentality. That's, that's the mentality there. That's the, how they say, the, the currency of the exchange of you know, it's not money there, it's it's service. By the way, I misquoted a verse the other day from Chaitanya Charitamrita. I said, it said in the uh, Adi Leela, there in the discussion of Radharani that, and the gopis, that um, the sweetness of Krishna can be tasted only through the, I said the other day, I said service attitude. And I knew that wasn't exactly right. That's not the exact, exact language. It gives you the meaning, but that's kind of corporate language, service attitude. I knew that wasn't Krishna, that's copyright speaking. <laughs> so the sweetness of Krishna can be known only by anybody. In other words, the sentiment of sweetness. Yeah, that's great. How do you remember that? The sentiment of, the sentiment of servitude. The sentiment of servitude. Sentiment of servitude. There's another nice verse that, um, in the They're discussing the gopis. And actually, this comes from a conversation from Adi Purana between Krishna and Arjuna. Maybe somebody, maybe you remember this one. Where Krishna says, the only people who actually know my mentality. Because we're here, we're, we're talking about these gatekeepers from Vaikuntha. And theoretically, they know Krishna's mentality. It's sort of said in here. You know, they're entrusted with this duty. So they know who should come in, who should not come in. They, you know, they're, how do you say it? They're not demigods. They're inhabitants of Vaikuntha, so they must know something about the mentality of, of Krishna. But actually, there's a statement that, that refines who actually knows Krishna's mentality. Anybody? Remember that? It says, uh, only the da-da-da-da know my greatness, my, my loving service, respect for me and my mentality. Others do not know this. Others cannot really know this. He's telling Arjuna, Krishna's telling Arjuna. So who is that? Who are those people? 
that actually know his mentality. So it fits along with all this. These gatekeepers there may be gatekeepers saying residents of Aikuntu Marene may not know exactly Krishna's mentality. So it's the gopis. Can you guess? The gopis know my greatness, my loving service, respect for me and my mentality. Others cannot really know this. It's telling Arjuna that. Um, I don't know the circumstances. I wish I did. Uh, let's see. So these these Kumars, there's another example. There is an example of how the importance of them because they are leaders of the Sampradaya, of course. And the Sampradaya is given, there's that example that um, you know, ma mango is the most delicious fruit considered to be the, the best of all fruits, king of fruits. And uh, I don't know if we ever even see a good mango here, do we? It's tough here. Some, some it's really tough to me, here. they're good, but I don't know any better. No, <laughs> anyway, so to get a really good mango, it has to be apparently handed down from sometimes you get the ones off the top of the tree, they have to be handed down, you know, from person to person. So that the fruit gets down to the bottom, you know, like it's meant to be. Tasted and in a in perfect condition, as be handed. So that's the example of how the truth of our existence, our relationship with the supreme devotional service, this has to be handed down by certain personalities. So anybody want to quote the uh, verse? I'm sure Daryl can do it right off. Maybe anybody else knows. Um, no, I'm thinking of, uh, actually this verse comes from the Mahabharata, Tarko Pratishta. You know the verse? No. Tarko Pratishta Shrutyo Vibhina. I guess we quoted this recently, so sorry to repeat it, but. Nasabhashir Yashyamatam Vibhinam. Dharmashitatvam Nihitam Guhayam. Mahajana Yena Gadak Sapanta. So that the real um, the real truth of our Dharma, who we are, what our what does Dharma mean? The essence of who our, yeah, the essence of who we are. That's good, thank you. The essence of who we are is known only how? By studying the scriptures. The statement says no. How else could you know it from the statements of the great sages? What do you think? By rendering service. By rendering service. Mm, interesting. To who? To devotees. Huh? And to the devotees. To the devotees. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. What's the other thing? Dry arguments. This, this statement starts out dry arguments are inconclusive. Reading the scriptures. We say that reading the scriptures can be contradictory. Shiva points out this thing about bones. The bones of an animal are contaminated. You have to take a shower, touch a dead body of an animal or bones. But we use the bone of an animal in, in our worship service. How? Is it the, uh, That's your favorite, <laughs> favorite bone. <laughs> 
to in the modern life that I think that bone, that particular bone, which is, you know, you know worshipable, paraf- worshipable paraphernalia, extension of Sri Balaram. So the, the scriptures are, you know, sometimes contradictory. Great sages, are, they like to one-up each other. They're somewhat on a mental platform with their knowledge. But the Mahajans, like the Kumaras, they actually, in their heart, they have the real truth about our existence. What we need to know to navigate and to get out of our problems of life is known in the hearts of these Mahajans. So even though they look like five-year-old little boys and they're naked, ridiculous five-year-old traveling around naked, but they're so, <laughs> because they're doing the work of the Lord constantly, then you know, nobody can disrespect them. Well, speaking of the Bhagavad Gita, there is uh, um, a verse that I was thinking of that I really like from the sixth chapter that might dis- dis- say something of who the Kumaras are. Um, let me see if I remember the Sanskrit, see if Dira would know this one. This is kind of obscure. Um, how does this go? Um, what was it talking about first? <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful verse in Sanskrit and in English. And it's uh, it's one of those deal verses by Aski Prabhu was here and talked about Krishna making various statements in the Bhagavad Gita that are like deals for us. You can do this simple thing and you get all this stuff. So there's this verse in the sixth chapter. The English goes, the yogi who fixes his mind on me verily attains the highest perfection of transcendental happiness. Not just happiness, the highest perfection of transcendental happiness. The yogi who fixes his mind on me attains that. He, uh, he is above the modes of passion. He realizes his, his uh, qualitative relation to the Supreme, or qualitative identity in the Supreme, and thus he is freed from all reactions to sinful life. So that's, uh, that's right after this series of verses about the stage of perfection called trance or samadhi. One's mind is completely restrained from material mental activities by practice of yoga. It goes on and on. This is indeed actual freedom from all miseries arising from material contact. Um, I'm sorry, it's actually a few verses beyond that. Where is that? Anyway, I thought, yeah, the yogi whose mind was a couple of verses past that. Right after that, it, it stated that gradually, step by step, one should become situated in trance by means of intelligence sustained by full conviction. Conviction. Thus, the mind should be fixed on the self alone and should think of nothing else. 
And in comes this verse, the yogi whose mind is fixed on me. Sounds easy. Sounds like a, an easy deal. Just be determined to fix your mind on, on, on me, on Krishna. And you get these things. But actually, it's a step-by-step -step thing. It's a gradual thing. And to have your mind fixed on Krishna means you've got to really know a lot about him. You've got to hurt a lot, and you've got to spend a lot of time thinking about it. So the more time you, you spend you know, with devotees, hearing classes, listening to lectures, chanting, vibrating the holy names, the more you, you, know, you start to know things that, that are so much better than anything in this world that you can actually hope to have this stage where you become fixed, like these kumaras who are traveling all around. And you can't be stopped because they're on that platform. You know. So Krishna makes an arrangement for these pastimes to go on so these gatekeepers get bewildered. So that has to be there too. But otherwise, the Kumaras are really um, so exalted. Um, anybody want to quote the verse of the 12 Mahajans? Since we, we said the Mahajans. Okay, so who are they? Can we, can we, can we pick those up? Can we name them? First one she said was Swarambur. Who's that? Oh, well, yeah, that refers to Lord Brahma. Yeah, Swarambur. Yeah. yeah, he's born from a lotus flower. He doesn't have normal parents. So Swarambur is Lord Brahma. He's an authority in his heart as the real truth of Dharma. Who, who, who can remember another out of the list? Huh? Narada, Swambur, Narada, those are the first two. Shambhu, Lord Shiva. Then, Kumaras, Kapila. Who is that? Which Kapila is it? Son of Devahuti. Thank you. There are different Kapilas, apparently. The one we're going to get in just later on in this very canto. Chapter 19, 20 or so, we're going to get to Lord Kapila's teachings. So, Kumar Kapilo, Manu, the Manus, yeah. That's the one currently. That's the, one, that's the current Manu, right? He's one of the Manus. Oh, so only him, not the other monies. I believe that Swain was the monies. Oh, okay, that thanks. I look into that. I was thinking all the monies had had this knowledge. And there's how many monies in a day of Brahma? Only one day of Brahma has how many monies? There's something like half a million monies in the life of Brahma. 
in the lifetime of our universe, created, recreated, created, there's like half a million minors. 14 minors every day, yeah. So how many, how many uh, Divya Yugas is that? That a manu lives for how many? 14 times something is a thousand. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a funny answer. That's cheating. No, how many is it? It's <laughs> using jugglery, word jugglery. It's like 72. Yeah, 72 or something. Um, so yeah, so I'm Lord Manu, one of the last three. Oh, no, we only named six, I'm sorry. Who is it? Who? Bali Maharaj. Bali Maharaj, yeah. Pralad. Janaka, King Janaka. Who is he, how is he related to? See? Balarasita. He was a king. How did he reach, he reach perfection by one of his um, nine processes of devotional service? What was that? Do you know what that was? Bali Maharaj. we said, yeah. Bhishma Dev. Nine types of people as one type of people like him. Who? Bali Maharaj? Mm. Janaka also, King Janaka. I believe. Okay, so we've got two left. Who are they? Yamaraj. Me is Yamaraj, so there's one more. Yes, you did. By Asakir. By him, yeah. Also, it's a point that this time we got 8.48. This uh, importance of Parampara, this first Tarko Pratishtakshutyobibana, is quoted twice in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. And uh, once in chapter 17, once in chapter 25. Chapter 17, there's this nice little pastime where um, after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's well, he goes to, after he takes sannyas, he goes to the Jarakhand forest. So after he takes sannyas, I think it is. He's, he's on the way to Vrindavan. Uh, yeah, so he passes through Varanasi, and he converts to Mayavadi, so he's a sannyasi at that point. But he goes to uh, Mathura, and he meets a brahmana there. And the brahmana is of a certain community. Back then, everything was so much, uh, you know, into etiquette and who, who you were. Even if you were a Brahmin, you may be a lower class Brahmin. So this, this Brahmin who is from a sort of a lower class, he's a priest of, a, of the Vaisha community. And it's some of the Vaishas that are into kind of things that are considered contaminated by religious people, like dealing with gold and silver or something like that. Certain things in the Vaishas. So the Brahmanas, they have their priests also, but these are considered lower class Brahmanas. And a sannyasi wouldn't normally even take food at their house. But there's this pastime where um, Lord Chaitanya is chanting Hare Krishna in, in Mathura. And this one Brahmana 
starts to chant and dance with him. And he's so sincere that the Lord questions him that after him, you know. And he says, who are you? And how did you get this sincere devotion? And he says, oh, one time, Sri Madhavendra Puri was passing through Mathura. And um, I was able to associate with him, actually became his disciple. So Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, oh, then you're my, you're my senior. You're, you're uh, you know, he says, you're my worshipable senior. And he says all these things, and then, and then Brahman becomes frightened, you know, because he, he thinks Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself. He becomes a little bit scared, you know, you know, nervous. I'm a, I'm a lord. I'm not even a real Brahmin. Almost, I'm not like a lower class Brahmin. But um, so, anyway, the the upshot of it is that the Brahmin is able to invite Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to his house, and and then he accepts. Mahaprabhu goes to his house for lunch, which would, like I said, normally a sannyasi wouldn't do this. It would be people would talk about that, you know. They would say, well, what kind of sannyasi is this? He, he's taking, look what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He's taking food that's contaminated from someone's house like this. But Mahaprabhu explains to him, is explained through this verse that actually this Brahman is connected to the four sampradayas through Madhavinda Puri. Therefore, I can take food from him, from such a person, because of this, this statement that um, the real truth of religion is in the heart of the Mahajans. So anyone in, in Parampara, in Madhavendra Puri, is, is one of the exalted Vaishnavas in the Brahma Sampradaya. So therefore, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, yes, I can take lunch here. There's no problem. I have no problem with that. That's one of the places. That's a really nice pastime um, because of just how... It's one another one of those descriptions of how people are amazed. They're looking at Lord Chaitanya dancing. You know, we have this inspiring mural next door now. You read some of these pastimes, and when you look at that, you think, "Wow, yeah, you know, it like kind of becomes alive." Because people, they were just shocked at something about Lord Chaitanya's demeanor and the way he danced and the way he was just so into it when he was chanting Hare Krishna. So. In other places, this whole, the Lord Chaitanya mentions this, the importance of, of the members of Sri Parampara for transmitting the knowledge to us is mentioned in, uh, actually the last chapter in Majalila, <clears throat> I think it's 27, after uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the story of him converting the, the Mayavadi sannyasis. There it says that the, the people of Varanasi, he made, Mahaprabhu remained in Varanasi for some time. The people started coming to him and asking questions and seeking instructions. And um, how does that go? Anyway, even, even the Mayavada sannyasis were coming to him and saying, yeah, we think you're Narayana himself, you know, they were saying that in there when they were seeing his intelligence. Yeah, we think you're, you know, so actually he was, Mahaprabhu was able, it said, convert all the people of Varanasi, who were almost all the Mayavadis. They were, he converted them to Vaishnavas. 
And so he gave various instructions to them. They wanted to know because finally they feel like, oh, we've, we've come clean now. We, we understand what the real truth is. And we don't have to be followers of these dry Mayavadi sannyasis. You know, there's so little taste in all that. Now we have this, you know, we feel like, yes, we want to be devotees of Krishna and chant the holy names and have kirtan and all these wonderful ecstatic things, you know. So please, you know, give us more instruction. And so he again quoted this verse to them, you know, that the real truth of, of religion and the, the knowledge that you want is in the heart of these 12 great personalities and these little boys, these kumaras are traveling all over the universe, distributing that knowledge. So how dear are they to Krishna? So that's the, that's the little face-off we have here, this etiquette problem. The, the, the gatekeepers, they have their little duty and they're sort of out there at the gates. So maybe they don't know completely how, how important these kumaras are among all the living entities in the universe. So those are my points, a few points. Anybody have any um, remarks? Yeah. I also heard that you speak of seniority. Yes. Initiation. The Bhakti Siddhanta by Baba says the devotees in the Bodhi Mahat are extremely conscious. Who got initiated when? Who were senior according to that? And also, uh, I agree one time that there is a seniority by realization. Uh-huh. If someone is elevated spiritually, then they should be given respect by bent virtue of their uh, Krishna consciousness. Thank so you. That's, that's my realization. <laughs> Mahabhishek of the Pachatapa. Oh. And Guru Dev was there exposing all these pictures. Oh. But um, it was just like you were saying, it was coming to light because like the whole the whole altar is covered by these brahmachari movies and like, the whole thing is just covered in orange robes and they're all obeying the Lord and watching oh, yeah. the Lord now. And they do this like push Mahabhishek with all these flowers and people Extending uh, kirtans going on, and then oh. after they're done, like the crowd is spontaneously starts chanting, "Go around, go around!" The whole temple room is filled with people. It's packed. There's people like outside who can't even stand. And there's, there's the power of them chanting, "Go around, go around!" Just spontaneously. Yeah. 
<laughs> get so fired up. Exactly. So you get a chance, you can watch it on. Oh, thanks. My own TV. Yeah, about that etiquette thing too, that reminds me of a little thing. When, when I was reading Buddhist stuff before I found Krishna conscious, which was so like you know, didn't have anything else, I had some Buddhist stuff. To, and I was going around to Krishna churches too at that time, but trying to dig up something, you know. But one of the stories that stuck with me from Buddhism was that, uh, maybe it was Buddhism, maybe it was Christianity. Um, there's a story about this, maybe it's Christianity, okay. This uh, official from church, in, the Orthodox Church in Russia or somewhere, it goes from Moscow or Petersburg or something to from the main church. And they know about these this, these two monks that are out on some island in, off North Siberia, you know. You gotta go out in the Siberia way, way, thousands of miles over, and you gotta take a boat out this island. There's these two monks out there living by themselves. Maybe that's a story. Anyway, there must be more people to fit the story. But this person, this emissary, recognizes some things when he goes out there. One is the purity of these monks. And then he asks them, how do you, you seem to get along so well to, with each other. How is that? How do you accomplish that? You don't have any arguments. You don't, like, you're, you don't get annoyed with each other. And they, and they, they, they make the statement, well, they, they make two or three statements, but what I, from what I remember is that, well, we just have, have the uh, habit that if, if one person wants things a certain way, then the other person just goes along with it. We, uh, you know, as long as it's something that's not offensive, we just are agreeable to that, whatever. whatever. So it's kind of like what I was thinking, devotees want to cooperate. And so they just voluntarily give respect to anyone else, you know. And, and when you do things like that, and things go so much nicer, you know, like people say this, there's such a nice vibe at this temple and we have a nice spirit of cooperation or we, we cooperate. So like, I don't know, you know, we have our arguments and we devotees seem like always fight with each other sometimes. <laughs> they will somehow or another, but it's so much reduced and it's, you know, I guess because we, we you know, we recognize the etiquette and if people have strong opinions and if they're senior persons, we have to let them do it. We don't argue with it. We owe so much to the senior people who are went before us. I really think this all the time, that, or I try to think it, maybe I'm forcing myself, but, you know, we look at some of the people that we're with on a daily basis as, well, they're just, yeah, he's just another devotee. He's got his opinion. Maybe I don't like that. Maybe I don't really, maybe I don't think the same thing. I don't want to do that way. But we can just, well, even though we we may not particularly care for certain things, we can still cooperate because we owe so much to people, our senior devotees here, kept Srila Prabhupada's movement coming. You know, and they did actually so much austerity. Back in the old days, they did tons of austerity. You know, we, we, I guess we don't need to keep talking, talk more about that. But. 
you get little ideas through watching the memories tape and hearing the old buddies talk. So I don't have to rehash that. Okay, that's that's enough. Anybody have any more comments? Nine oh two. Thank you for your attention. Grinch Red Shiman Bhagavatam Ki Jai Shiman Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Is that verse 30, not to